Welcome to the Global Party Podcast, Healing from the Inside Out. I'm Jacqueline Best, creator of Best Whole New World, where joy, health, peace, love, and wealth are just present. It's a natural vibe. I'll be interviewing essential people with essential stories from all around the world, where we will share triumphs over tragedies, recognizing that everything is within you. If you are ready, open and receive and allow the healing vibe to be. Welcome, everybody. This is the Global Party Healing from the Inside Out, and I'm joined today by my beautiful, wonderful friend, Melody Chatamoya. Hi, Melody. Hi, Hi Jacqueline. Hi, Hi everyone. Good to be here. You know, with every party, if you've ever, you know, there's always a friend that comes to help you, you know, get prepared or or uh, shows up early, and and Melody is that um, friend. And so your topic today is? Uh, Why self-love is the key to healing. Why self-love is the key to healing. And the reason you're picking this topic at this particular time in the world is? Uh, it's because, you know, from my experience anyway, it is the validation I've given to myself. It is the love I've given to myself. It is the inner work I've done that has helped me more than anything else in my marriage, in my relationships with my family, my work colleagues. Yeah, even living in Ireland because I've been living in Ireland for 20 years now. Uh, and where I had to confront my race and all other things that I wasn't aware of and had not dealt with. Uh, and to the point now that I am at a stage where I feel that I don't need, I don't need anyone to validate me. I don't, I don't feel a responsibility anyway to mm-hmm. make someone else feel good about me. <laughs> you know, like if they don't like me, I don't care. If the only thing, the only um, expectation I have is respect. You can hate my color, you can hate my gender, you can whatever. That's your issue. Right. But you have to respect me. When you're talking to me, you respect me. And if you don't, I will shut you down and I will walk away. And that's that's the, that's how I live my life. And that's a key to self healing, isn't it? To be able to say, "I'm not going to be treated like this," right? You know, is to turn around and say, "I deserve better." And to me, your individual work, my individual work, everyone's individual work has got us to this point now, where the whole world is realizing, you know, what everybody matters. And we have to stop looking at the color of our skin or the size of our bodies or what country we live in or, you know, what size or height. Um, Because the way the white man has structured the world, it's finished. You know, that's the way I like to say it. It's just like we've known for a long time that it doesn't work economically, medically, systematic, systematically. Nothing does. So, So this is all about becoming back present to 
loving yourself and realizing, just like you said, when you came to Ireland, you were unaware <laughs> that people saw you differently after growing up in Zimbabwe. I think I think white people are now going, oh, we're unaware. They they thought we thought like this, right? You know, like it's like, <laughs> oh, some people are like, ah. Oh, you know, I thought I was a good person, but it's like, hey, wake up and smell the roses. It's time to, you know, lift the veil of deception and love ourselves. So um, what was the key ingredient that you've discovered that when people open up to self-healing begins the transformation from themselves into really a whole other world? So for me, it was in my marriage. It was when I discovered, and, and, and it's so funny because, you know, when I moved to Ireland, I didn't realize, I didn't, I wasn't aware that when you migrate to another country, you're going to get into a, oh my God, the world is ending mode, like survival it's at every extent, you know, and I didn't know that. I was so looking forward to the opportunity we had. My husband got a full funded scholarship to study for a PhD. And I could come with him. I didn't have to stay home. And, and that was an amazing opportunity. And we, we were going to maximize on it. So we arrived fully in love, well-connected, communicating well, and then everything fell apart. Then, like, he couldn't even talk to me. He was that exhausted. And, and I, I wasn't appreciating what was happening with him. I was only like, why are you not talking to me? Why are you not seeing me? Why are you not making me happy? Why am I so depressed? It's all your fault. <laughs> you, 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 you. <laughs> yes. And, 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 then, and then, you know, I got to a point where I said, okay, fine. This man obviously is not the right man for me. I need to find the right man for me. But I had a problem because at that time we had a baby. When we moved to Ireland, we had given up the, the dream of ever being, becoming parents because I had had multiple miscarriages and I had, I, had, I had said, I'm done. I'm not trying anymore for kids. So when we came here, it was an escape. It was also mm -hmm. us trying to reestablish a different life than we thought we were going to live. And then we had a baby. And, and my baby loved her dad. And he loved our child. And I didn't want, like one of the things that really stopped me was I didn't want my action to punish him or to punish our daughter, just to please me. So I was trying to find a way that we were all going to be happy while I was happy. So I started looking at what makes a marriage work? What makes a relationship work? How can I feel happy and be heard and respected and feel fulfilled while I am also, you know, being a wife and a mother and, you know, all those beautiful things that I wanted to do. And can I just, just for a sec here, because I just, you've said so many valid things right now that I just want people to get present to, right? Is mm -hmm. you were looking for a win, win, win. Yes. Right? When you change your direction on a win, 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 you're going to share what happened versus the what's in it for me, what's, how's it going to be, or the win, lose, lose, right? It's, yeah. it's a different paradigm. And I also wanted to say is when you had all your miscarriages, that's another, 
is you then said enough, I've let go, no more. Yeah. And that's a common theme, right? When people finally give up on something, especially children, you know, they go to adopt, then all of a sudden their child arrives, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's when we let go of expectations, sometimes that's when the gift arrives. Yeah. And the other third point that you said there that was so good, I think, for people to get is that just changing locations to get away from it doesn't necessarily solve the issue. No, doesn't. Okay. Because unfortunately, you move with yourself. Your stuff is still your stuff. <laughs> your limitation is still your limitation. <laughs> I can't get away from me. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. And and even even like when when I I want to go back to race just a little bit. Yeah. When I when I first even started in business, I used to say things like, "Oh, I can't really go there because you know I'm on, I'm the only black person there." And and oh my God, it makes me so uncomfortable. I'm the only black person there, until I said to myself, and I had to really, like, get into the fact that I'm an introvert. So this whole black thing is a story I tell myself. I don't like being in crowds. I just don't enjoy it. But I love connecting to people. Okay. So now when I go to networking events, and I've been to many networking events where I'm the only black person there. And right. sometimes the only other black person is my sister. And and we have a vow. When we go anywhere together, we don't sit together. We don't even talk to each other until we're going home. Because otherwise, we use each other as a way to, right. to, to, yeah, to, to build our shelter and not enjoy the, the process. So I, I always make sure I find one or two people I connect with. And I talk to them. I really talk to them. I become very present. And if they, mm. sometimes people say really, really like annoying, ignorant things. And, and, and I, I, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm saying this because of this. Can you give an example of when somebody, when you know that they're, they're just like, does anything come to mind when somebody's just so ignorant and they, they just say it and they, they are like oblivious. They're like the oh, child. Like, like, oh my God, Melody, you're so intelligent. Like, come <laughs> Yes, I'm right. Oh, my God, Melody, you're so intelligent. Oh, I didn't know you. You're so fascinating. Where do you get all these ideas from? Like, it's not, it's not with respect, it's with, uh, I can't believe a black woman would have such great ideas. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, and the funny thing, and I have to tell you this because you're white, you're my friend, we've been friends for years, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. your faces tell us what you're thinking. So even if you are saying these words that seem like they are nice, but yeah. your face would tell me where the story is coming from. Yeah. And, and my reaction usually is, I choose whether I want to educate you or I think you're too far gone. I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> I can sort of, sort of relate even being white is when I was, when I was in Johannesburg, Johannesburg being, being white, white. 
and they were talking about their black community. Yet she went home and home. You know, they made they made the mark, the mark, like that you're going to make more bad, more bad across across the. Did you you know you know how can you how can you from that person that person it was a it was a unbelievable unbelievable a white white supposedly he's so oh yeah it's not shocking you know it's like like you just say okay fine we understand where all this is coming from we we get it and but sometimes it also is very exhausting yeah so we we put it aside and we we, we live our lives the best way we can because that's all you can do you cannot spend the rest of your life trying to educate everyone else about who you are and what's important that you have good values you deserve love you are loving and and in the yesterday, now that I know we're talking about something when we the girls were young, our girls are now women, they are grown up, they're in their twenties, so yeah, late teens, twenties. And I we remember one day we, we used to, you know, travel by bus a lot before we had a car. And and you know, when you're traveling with toddlers, you have to play with them. You have to be creative. Otherwise they annoy you and everybody else. And and I still remember, and this didn't happen once, it happened so many times that we started saying, hang on a minute, what do what is what do these people think about us exactly? Because they would comment about, oh, they actually play with their children. Oh, they know how to sing songs. Oh, they carry their babies. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And then, and <laughs> then you just think, say that's not funny. Okay, like, no, it's, like, no, it's not. But you, know, you, you, see, know. you see, it's, it's like, that's when we were realizing that there was a bigger issue because yeah. this is not something we ever had to confront before and and it took us a while to you know because sometimes you kind of think okay maybe it's one person and then you realize it's another person and then you realize actually it's more than five people and they're all saying the exact same thing and you just think hang on a minute yeah. what am i missing here right because right. like it it doesn't matter which animal kingdom we are in all parents love and protect their children. And that's it. Whether we believe it, like, it doesn't matter what. Like, I, I watch the Discovery Channel a lot, and, and I've seen animals do amazing things for their babies. Right, and, and, right. and we're human beings. Whether you believe that or not, that's your issue. But <laughs> we are all human beings, and we, we all have the same love and wanting to protect our kids and educate them and, and be with them and be happy with them. And and actually in our culture, in the Shona culture, we we didn't leave our children at home with anybody. We traveled with our kids to the fields everywhere. They were on my back. Like my grandmother would have her babies on her back the whole time she was working because she couldn't bear to part with them. And, and, and But those are some of the things that have been put in culture. And I don't want to talk about race. That's not what we're doing here. <laughs> So let's go back to our subject. So on the self love, on the self love, you know, I just want to say what I say about grandma, grandma, when I when I was in Southern Africa, I was I was I was connected. Families, families were 
And as you say, you say your face, the look, the look, and the eye. Every single single there, there was when I North America was just just lost, lost. Right, right. The structures that had been inputted, economic, struggle, struggle, just no more. No more. Yeah. What I, what I, Southern Africa, was love. Was love. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we're all, we're all looking now in a very, very unexpected way. And that's why. Self-love. Self-love. The healing, the healing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So where were we again? <laughs> we're in this. In this we're back to, back to you were getting to the point of the point win-win. Yes. So creating win-win changes you of how you are going you to, going to love. And and, 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 and yeah, and I really had no idea how that was going to work, but I was open to trying, and I started reading books. I just started looking at what makes a marriage, you know, work. What? How come some people are happy and some people aren't? What's that? What? What exactly is happening? What? How come some people are happy all the time in their marriage? Because I believe that. I believe that, you know, you can be happy. And and then I discovered something weird. In my reading, it all came back to how do you take care of yourself? And I also realized that I had stopped taking care of myself. I I didn't even shop clothes for myself. You know how women uh, always have clothes? My husband had more clothes than me because I only shopped for him and for a baby. Uh, and I I put... I stopped. I didn't know what a wife was supposed to do. And I thought self-sacrifice was what wives do. And and I don't know where I got this schooling from because my mom never did that. But society can give ideas and things into your head and you start, you know, emulating them. Yeah. And, and so the more I discovered that I had a responsibility for my own happiness, I started doing small things like going back dancing, going to the gym, and also giving my husband space to connect with his own friends and do his own thing. So that would come together with fresh ideas and happier and freer because that's what made me realize that the only way for me to be happy with him is when he is happy. And I, and I stopped taking responsibility for his happiness as well. That's the key, That's the key. Yeah. 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 And slowly but surely, I stopped reacting, which is something that I work to do in my whole life. That if there is a situation I don't like, I, instead of reacting to what this person is doing, I come up with my own plan of how I am going to handle it. So uh, I still remember, and I still remember his face when I did it the first time. He did something that really triggered me. And I was riled up and like 
every fighting fiber in me was like, yeah, let's go. And then I said, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. I've done this. It doesn't work. I don't want to do it. And I said to him, can we talk about this later? Because right now I really can't think of anything nice to say. And I walked away. And, and he was like, what's going on here? And then we got together later. And I expressed that while his points were valid, the way he had said to me was disrespectful. And I didn't like to be spoken to like that. And I did not appreciate to be spoken to like that. And I hope this is the last time we have this conversation. And he apologized. And that was it. But he was also really surprised. And my husband was a scientist. He loved research. It was like his thing. So, of course, he tried it again to see if this was a once-off or if this was the norm now. So, and I knew when he tried it again that he was actually really trying to figure out whether I was going to react the same way. And so I did the same thing. I captured to you right now because I don't have anything nice to say. And I walked away. And then later on, we got together. And I was very kind, very respectful, but very, you know, expressive. I don't like this. I don't ex appreciate being spoken to like this. If you have something you need to say, if I mess up, point up what I've messed up. And I apologize. But don't insult me. So, so two things that come up that come up there, right? Chose to not to react, not react to, respond. to respond. Yeah, in a way, in a way that you feel good. Feel good. Yeah, it was in alignment. It was in alignment. And in this case, and this case what I'm doing, doing, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm and remember, I'm not saying I didn't feel. Yeah, I did, but I chose to not indulge that. Right. I right. chose a different path. I chose, I want something else that's going to make me feel happy after the conversation. Right. right. Can you see the comments? No, no, I can't see the comments. While we're on that, your natural Is it also possible? possible that some that people, some people never say, never say and, and being, you know, turning, turning inwardly, inwardly feeling awful, feeling awful, and they're there Yeah, so it's, I, I believe the people we choose in our lives are meant to help us to grow. In love and in life and spiritually. So they will trigger you. That's their job. How you respond to that is your growth. So, yes, if you feel like you need to, this is very important. If you're angry, you express your anger. Right. And the other person needs to know you are angry. Right. And you can say it. You can say, I'm really angry right now. That person will know you're angry. But it doesn't mean. You call them names. You don't, like, I, I've made a pact with myself. Right. I understand the impact of words. So I always ensure that the words I say, I don't need to unsay them because you cannot unsay words. 
Once they are said, they are out there. So even no matter how angry I am, I've, I've, I've practiced this since I was like very young. I, I don't like to say words that a person is going to repeat in their head forever and ever. Amen, because of what I say to them, because it means they are still carrying that negative charge from me. And I don't want that responsibility. So I always make sure when I'm angry, I don't, I do say I'm angry, but I don't say the ugliness of the words of my anger. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. So Richard, Richard saying hi. Saying hi. Hi, and, Richard. And, and he's saying, and he's saying melody. melody. Do you think? That some that people, some people are, are so unaware of their that they can't act anonymous. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> because of the fact that we have, the world has evolved with men being in charge, and men are the masters of, of suppressing emotion. They, so <laughs> it, 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 it was inevitable that we would be where we are right now, right. both for men and for women. Like crying is considered a weak thing. A, um, being sad is considered a weak thing. When a man is overwhelmed with emotion, what do they tell each other? Don't be a woman or don't be a wuss or don't be the other P word that I don't like saying. And, mm -hmm. and, and so it's like just because you feel the things you feel and you express them, does not mean you are weak. It right. just means you feel the things you feel. Like if you, I've had, I've, I, and I've had a lot of people, especially Western women, apologizing for crying. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Why are you apologizing? Just let yourself free. Cry until yeah. you're yeah. finished. And then, you know, because it's cleansing, because you're letting off whatever it is that was inside you, and it's healing. And that's so beautiful. Apologizing for it is like saying you're doing something wrong. You are not. And whoever has what, made you what? feel that crying is a wrong thing is the one who has a problem. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that, that, is, that a, is a... See, it's still, it's still feedback. feedback. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> um, um, okay, I, I might have it. Uh, Do you have two systems on? No, I have one, but I apparently sometimes when my cover is on, it says feedback. You talk. Okay, so what I'm saying is that the stiff upper lip from the British, um, you know, sort of that that you know don't show your emotions, sort of has permeated down that uh, crying is one of those issues that people apologize for, and I I the same thing. It's like. I sometimes feel like it's like the wind blows through and I don't even know why I'm all of a sudden, I just feel like, oh, oh it's just so sad. I don't know why it's sad, but it's sad. And then it's like, it's just, it's like the wind. It just cries, come through. And then it's like, oh, I feel so much better. And yeah. I feel like that's what's happening for each of us is we need to release all these weighted emotions and feelings and ideas before you can look and respond to your relationships the way 
you wish to see them. Is that correct? Yes, because uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we respond to each other. So if you are closed, the other person will also be closed. You won't have an opportunity to experience the joy and the fun and the you know exquisite uh, experience that you could have. And and I used to do this. And I'm, I'm, most of the things I talk about are things that I experienced myself. When I started dating, I, I used to be very, very defensive. And I would make him understand with words that were very awful that sometimes I used to make him cry. And, and I stopped because I would then check on myself and feel that, you know, I don't feel good when I do that. And I prefer when we are laughing and joking and teasing each other and exploring and doing adventure things. I prefer that. And not the whole, yeah, he's done something wrong, so I'm going to make him pay for a while. Uh, even though it's a defense mechanism, it doesn't make me happy. So I stopped doing it. And during that time, because this happened for months, so I used to say something that I only realized later that he used to say constantly, you know what? I will never marry you. I love you, but I will never marry you. <laughs> what does that really mean, you know? <laughs> exactly, right? I love you, but I'm not going to marry you. Like, yeah. that's like I have to deal with something for the rest of my life and that I'm, I'm unwilling to compromise. Is that what that Ex means? Yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was so fortunate. I met a man who knew who he was. Mm -hmm. We had already gone through a lot of trauma in his childhood mm -hmm. that was not willing to compromise for anybody, right. even me. And because of that, there were so many things I had learned from society and other people that I had to let go in order to be the woman that I could be for him so that I could live with a king because how I really loved me like really and he would look at me and he would say things like just stand there I want to look at you or just sit there I want to look at you but he was not willing to be abused to right. be you know so it was I was I understood completely that he loved me right he had showed me in action in words spiritually financially in every way that he loved me and so i had to be the woman that could love him the way he deserved to be loved right so can i can i ask you on that yeah because you said he loved you like a king you know like that he he honored did he reach that state of love for another for you because he had now overcome his traumas and loved himself and was connected to that love. So he was only going to connect and, and, and meet with that love because he knew what that love came from because he had done his own self-love, his own healing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Taurai had been traumatized from like birth, more or less, because he was born looking white. And we all have our own biases and everybody rejected him to some level. 
And 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 there were whispers and there were stories and there were he was a curse and so many other things. And society was not helpful. Like this was happening in his family. And then like every most of his teachers were abusive, most of his classmates were abusive, and most of society was abusive. People used to spit when he's he was passing by, you know. And so he he had to get to a level where he had to love and accept himself fully in order mm -hmm. to live with himself or else he was going to commit suicide. And right. I'm so happy he didn't. Yeah. But that also meant the person he was going to be with had to have had to do those that kind of work in order right. to be with him. So yeah. he totally saw that you were the queen, right? He totally yeah. got the love that you had, but he's like, you know, you're a little, you know, we need to take a little sandpaper to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to smooth out a few of your little edges, right? Yeah. And yeah. he was being that stand for you, which is what I feel like Global Party is right now. We're being a stand to say, we see the world healing from the inside out. And we are each a part of that. Yeah. And we're like the little cells in the big planet body. And as we do our work, we get the kingdom. We get the king, like Melody, because she's the queen. So tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T, respect, just a little bit. There you go. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. So it's like being a queen is loving who you are. And uh, part of the work for me was, getting to a point where I loved being a woman. Mm -hmm. I, and because there is a certain uh, thing about women that's in the world where being feminine is kind of considered frivolous and silly and, and you know, not quite respectable. So I had that thing myself. I preferred to call myself a tomboy because I'm adventurous and, you know, I, I'm not particularly soft feminine, but I am still feminine. There are parts of me, like I love color, I love dresses, I love, you know, and, and I love looking good. There are some parts. And also being feminine is not one way, like there's a variety of, wide variety of being feminine. Right. And in my head, from what's, I was learning from school and books and stuff was there's a certain way of being feminine, which I totally rejected. But now I know better. So I had to accept my feminine elegance. I call that my feminine elegance. Right. That part of me that's softer, that understands emotion, that mm -hmm. shares their emotion, that loves implicitly, that nurtures so much, that sees the good in people. That sometimes when my husband was doubting himself, I was his biggest fan. I was his biggest cheerleader. I would show him his good bits that maybe he wasn't seeing. And in turn, he would do the same for me. So it wasn't like one-sided. It wasn't like I was serving him and that was it. Mm -hmm. He was helping me realize my dreams. He was also my biggest cheerleader. He was also my biggest supporter. He was also my biggest protector. And, and, and that means a lot. Like part of being protected that I didn't realize at the time was that he made sure that, you know, our home was clean. We had food on the table, even though I was working, like I, I've right. always worked. 
but he took that responsibility fully. And I had to kind of release it in order for him to feel like he was contributing to our family. Because he used to say, Melody, you're so talented. There is nothing you can't do for yourself. But let me do this. Right. So it, it's, it's that balance, right? So yeah. I, I just, you've got, got beautiful, handsome Richard over here that wants to share. So I want to, um, to, to just, so you can just acknowledge, thanks Richard, the three women he's dated since his divorce have all seemed full with his unconditional care love for them. So one specifically rejected his unwillingness to hear her criticize herself. Yeah, I can get that. That can be a little draining, you know, like, oh, I just thought he was like, yeah. okay. Um, you know, oh, uh, it's victim mode again, right? In a sense, right? Um, uh, I think many women, he says, I think many women struggle with touching their, struggle with touching their trauma and healing so a man can love them unconditionally. So yeah. basically they're unwilling to do their own work. They're unwilling to go address their shadows, release them and, and, and get that life is completely different, right? Yeah. But then if they let go of that, then some people think that they have lost themselves. Like, because they identify with this victim person and they feel like if they let go of the victim part of themselves, then they have lost part of who they are, except there is something else to embrace. There's something yeah. else that's more beautiful and amazing. And another, like, you don't have to have one identity. You can have several. Like, I'm right. a librarian. I'm a coach. I am a relationship coach. I am a whatever speaker. I am a writer. I'm a, there are so many things. Like, I have so many identities. I could fill a room with them. So part of being a I'm a, yeah, you know, part of being a victim, you can let go and embrace another part of identity. Well, yeah, I, I like to say that letting go, like life is in the what you don't know that you don't know. But yeah. you have to let go of your identity, the egos, the labels, to find what you don't know. And that's really, like, again, if you didn't let go of Zimbabwe, if you didn't let go of the idea that you couldn't have children, if you didn't let go of the idea that the only solution was a divorce, right? It, it, you know, like there's so many things that you had to let go of in order to get the gem. Um, I'm about to bring Miguel on, Bright Eyes, um, and who deals with some fire and stoking things. And um, But I also just want to say, so Nelta was also experiencing what she's experienced with men. So she says to basically, back to, I guess, Richard, she's experienced the same with men who couldn't stand that she didn't call them names or she didn't accept um, them calling themselves names. But she's come to learn that it was about them, not her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's the amazing thing is when we free ourselves of the external expectations or what their stories are, we we even love ourselves more. We realize, wow, we're okay with whatever's going on around us, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's not just that we are okay with what's going on around us. We are not judging the other people either. They are where they are. They want right. to be there. That's okay. Because sometimes... You can say, oh, I'm okay, but you're, you're now like, you think you're better, you're, you're all that. <laughs> right. But really, it's like you have done the work, so you're where you are. And they're they are still far behind. They have to catch up. If they yeah. want to, 
it's not that easy. It's not that difficult to catch up. It's very easy. And like, but if they don't want to catch up, that's their choice. And look, I just found someone else to catch up with us here. Welcome, <laughs> Miguel Bright Eyes. There you go. So Miguel is actually, in, are you in, you're just outside of Toronto, right? Or you're in Toronto? I'm close to Toronto, yes. yes. I, uh, I kind of bounce back and forth between near the city and a little bit in the countryside because I love nature so much. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. So, and Melody's in Ireland right now. And so you've, you've been listening to this conversation and we're talking. So um, we're, we're creating this whole conversation about self-love, right? Men, women learning. And Melody's turning point was learning to self-love herself. You also had a little experience like that too, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all as human beings go through a lot of different experiences that are little catalysts for our self-love journey. Um, for me, it wasn't a, a one big aha moment. Um, by the way, I, I did I was able to join about 10 minutes ago listening, five to 10 minutes ago, so I, I, I didn't catch the whole conversation. Um, so excuse me if I'm kind of... Uh, <laughs> oh, really yeah, okay. okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, of course, I've had quite a few moments. I've been to um, been lucky enough to experience a lot of countries around the world, and and really connecting with a lot of different people. And um, yeah, my moment of of power that I kind of thought about when I was invited to this experience was um, being at a retreat, and there was a lot of um, women at that retreat, and um, I was one of the only guys there, so I was there for my own self-healing journey. Like I had some anxiety, and I wanted to go through. Um, I wanted to kind of be healed, um, but it kind of turned into um, the the one leader was also a lady, and there was quite a few um, women there that had gone through their own traumas with with men, and it was like a trauma healing, like extended week long workshop. Um, and I was almost forced to step into my masculinity, my my king, kingly, positive, um, divine masculinity type thing, and and be like a space holder, both physically um, and energetically, and, and all kinds of ways to to the women, some of the women that were that were there, and um, it really kind of made me absolutely realize how powerful that I am and that we all have something within us because I wasn't really on that wavelength of I can be this this uh, container holder and this source of blessing and clarity for the people around me. But um, just by being in that space, I, I had trained as a healer beforehand, but I, would, I didn't really use it um, to such depth that I did that I was forced into that weekend where I was just, I just had to be that space holder um and show people and like intuitively dance with people at times and and uh, just hold people like feel certain areas or um talk through them with with different things people were crying and and screaming out like kind of like the exorcist on an island you know like it was like people screaming and um it was just a really crazy experience that by the end i i felt like i had the responsibility to be that way um going forward so um yeah, that, that that was my um, extended moment, a week long experience of the need for that, to, like that powerful masculine 
space for for people as we transition this world into you know getting more of the the feminine energy and and allowing everything to unfold we need people to um we need strong men or masculine embodying women to um yeah really hold that space to allow the the the, the earth to flourish so yeah so, so melody i'd like you to speak to that because there's the the, the retreat aspect right where we can all go and shed our layers and deal with our traumas yeah. And then there's also the day-to-day -day aspect. So you didn't have that retreat aspect. You were going day-to-day, -day, right? And yeah. so, floor is so, yours. Yeah, one of the things I've learned is that when a man is feeling insecure, unsafe, um, probably small, feeling small, they can't love a woman the way she deserves to be loved. And, and and part of that um, problem, that's why we have such a big problem in the world right now, because most men are so closed, but as women, we haven't mastered the key or, or known that we have the key to unlock them and allow them to be who they can be. And and your experience, Miguel, in the with a female, a large female group of people helped you to unlock to unlock you because now you felt you had to step up. You had mm -hmm. to be the man. And they allowed you to be. Because I have been in situations where a man is really doing their best to step up and the women say, stay down, stay down. And you have no choice but to back off because then they feel threatened by you. But if mm -hmm. you have a beautiful experience where a woman does not feel threatened by your stepping up, but they want to see you flourish. So they, they just do a step. It's not taking their power away. Actually, that ability to step up is showing power. Because if you are able to allow someone to rise, we've seen leaders who are able to do that. They are the best leaders in the world. So if you step back and you allow that person to rise, that creates magic, in my opinion, because yeah. you it's its just so awesome to see. And, and I've done it with my brothers. My brothers are younger than me. And, 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 and I know how much they love me and look up to me. And I've, I make a, a point where when we are together, I let them be men and I step back and I watch them and I smile and I compliment them. And I say, oh, my God, you're so awesome. And every time they do better and they do better. And now... They are the most loving men I know. Like when I look at them with their girlfriends and I say, oh my God, these women are so lucky because we are able to just step back and let them be. Mm. Yeah. You know, we, we've spoken in a lot about that, Melody, about how a lot of, I mean, you've worked with women like that that think that they have to be and do and all and, and they never allow a space for a man. Whereas if they allow that space for a man, then like Richard was saying here, you know, then you actually can shift and change. And it is a very much um, emerging of the feminine and the masculine are coming to together. And, and there's never one right way to do it. Just as you two both have experienced your own, you know, healing about masculine and feminine changing the way you deal in a relationship.
entirely differently. I feel like if you, if you could like wave a magic wand, I'll ask you both this. Okay, so so um, so Melody, if you could wave a magic wand right now and have you know three key wishes for what each individual would be or do or have, you know, be do have, what 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 would your three wishes be? I would really want to see people, everyone in the world at this point in time. With the history we have had with the world wars and the wars and the patriarchy issues and male, female, whatever, to take time to do some kind of healing work. Like really just make an effort. Take this time. Like if you're in lockdown right now, take a week just to say, I want to do some healing work. Yeah, Jacqueline and I, when we met, we started talking about healing your heart and stuff. Do that. Take the time to do that because you don't know what's inside you. You also don't know what you have inherited and embraced and taken and, and are suffering from. It's, it's a cleansing process. I also really want people to, to just know that joy is possible and be joyful. Like yearn for joy, seek joy, see joy, embrace joy. Because suffering is pointless. No one is going to give you a reward to say, here is the gold plate for suffering. No one. Like, I tried. I'm, I tried. It didn't work. It doesn't work. Like, I, like, even if you die, like God is not going to say, here is your price for suffering, my child. You are going to be sorely disappointed. So, so be joyful mm -hmm. and love people. Like everyone who's around you needs love, deserves love, wants love. Love people. Like see that love they have in you. Give them the benefit of the doubt, whether they're black, brown, pink, yellow, whatever. You know, just love people. That's, 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 that's all I want to see in the world. And forgive yourself. Forgive your ancestors. Forgive everyone and make space for joy it's beautiful um <laughs> thank you girl my goodness that's that's really wonderful I, I echo everything melody said of course but uh if we want to do three of my own um in addition to that i would say that find your find your core values like like spend the time, whether it's a month or five years of your life, to really feel into what your core values are because you're going to be a leaf in the wind if you don't. And um, I've had times in my life where I felt like a leaf in the wind for two, three years, um, and that wasn't that long ago. And until I kind of found the structure of how I want to, how I am, how I present myself to the world, what I want to bring to the world um, through simple words, um, three words. So find your three words or, or however you want to do it, look up on Google or whatever. Um, so that's one. Um, the second is to give, give a chance to the belief in something greater than you. I know today it's very fashionable to 
not fashionable, just kind of reality for a lot of people that um, like, you know, science first and we're here in a, in a world, in a material world and trying to do our thing and build up our lives and be kind to people and all that kind of stuff. But there, a lot of people that are great people in this world believe in something greater and give it a chance, um, whatever you want to call that. And the third was just inspired by Melody because she's a glowing individual. Um, the word ancestors, uh, not just to, um, yeah, but to, to, to actively seek your ancestral past and to find power in it and not be ashamed. And whether that's, I think that there's a lot of that going on today and yeah. a lot of people meaning well to bring about a world of love and equality, but it involves a lot of shaming as well. And um, I think that in the past, a lot, like the world is like growing and, and healing and evolving and everyone's ancestors to certain degrees did, did bad things. And um, I don't want to like equate things, but it's just, Find pride where you can in your ancestral lineage. Um, I think it's important. So, definitely, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I was saying, you know, when you set the time for a party to start, there's always people that arrive early. And as you can tell, that this pre party, you know, pre game show, you know, walking the red carpet before the, the kick, official kickoff, whatever you want to call it, gave you a lot of gems to to mull over but as you each of us does our own inner work that really as i always like to say like you look at your shadow your shadow you can never separate from it and your shadow is all those wounds and heals the shame the blame you know that you have to come to terms with you know all the things that each of us have done wrong and are that we've been handed down or what we perceive and as we do that we do heal from the inside out and we do love each other can i do the heart thing dun, 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 dun. so i really thank you melody and miguel and i'm gonna start with uh let the show begin with mr addy Addis, um from uh He's just, I think he's in Birmingham. He's in the UK. I'll just say the UK, United Kingdom, because we all are going to be United Queendom. How about that? No, um, a brand new world. All right. I love you. Thank you both for being here. Love you too. Bye, Jacqueline. Bye, Miguel. Bye. <laughs>